Hi, I'm Kat, grassroots marketer turned brand builder. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever. Your weekly dose of not so nice, but oh so clever advice and actionable strategies to grow your mind, brand, and bank account beyond your wildest dreams. Free of charge. You're welcome. So grab your notebook and let's get to it. In today's episode, we're taking a very not nice, clever approach when it comes to wanting to grow and ask for more in life and in business. So we're really going to be calling upon multiple tenants of the Clever Girl Credo today. So the idea of wanting more out of life and business, look, it's a natural effect of growing and evolving as human beings. And while it's natural, it doesn't always feel that way to us when we're growing through these growth spurts, especially as women. And much like when you were a kid and you had growing pains, except for Candace, because when we were planning this episode, apparently she said she never had growing pains as a kid. But you know, for those listening in who did have them, you just feel them in your arms and in your legs. And it was so uncomfortable and you couldn't get like comfortable on the couch or in your bed. And when you asked your parents, And they told you, hey, it's temporary. It's just growing pains. You'll be bigger and stronger after. And also there's nothing to do about it. So you just got to work through it. Like this is one of those moments, you know, that it's like uncomfortable in the process, but the outcome is amazing. And so worth that temporary discomfort. So why we wanted to talk about this, because it's not quite you know, falling in in our specific areas of branding and marketing and money or manifesting. But this is something Candace and I love to do is shine a light on things that people typically try to shy away from, like how we often admit that we're learning as we're going. We're not experts in podcasting. We are experts in our own right, but not particularly in podcasting. And so we see that no one really talks about this kind of like, quote unquote, dark side of growth, but there's nothing wrong or weird or dark about it. It just is. And these feelings of guilt that you might be experiencing don't need to be felt. And they certainly don't need to fuck with your energy. So let's get into it. If you've been feeling guilty about wanting or asking for more, this is for you ladies. This is actually so funny because I remember right before we started recording Kat, Mm -hmm. you were like, well, if you're not happy with it, ask for more. And this is before we knew the title of the episode we were going to record today was about asking for more. Meant to be. It's meant to be. Um, that's so funny. And <laughs> at every stage, there's always just that that hesitation to move forward with continuously asking for more, especially because I just asked for more six months ago or yep. six months, right? 12 months ago. All those reasonings you make up in your head. Exactly. So it's a timely episode and it's going to be a reminder to myself as we move forward. And I hope it's helpful for y'all too. So in the areas of wanting more for your services, for your rates, we often find ourselves comparing what we charge today with what we could afford or Mm. what we accepted in the past. And I think both of those things actually keep us from growing. Mm -hmm. So I remember specifically When I left the classroom and I left being a teacher, I taught middle school for seven years, that if I thought about charging a client $3,000, I was like, 
I had to work for an entire month, a month. to earn $3,000. How could I ever charge a client $3,000 for just like these few hours of work, right? Right. And I remember thinking, that's crazy. I would work so long to make that much money. I could never ask for that. Mm-hmm. And that's because like that was my level of comfortability mm-hmm. because of my experience. Right. And I was kind of holding myself back because I was assuming that because that felt comfortable to me, that's what feels comfortable to other people. And the reality of it is that's not true. And other people's bank accounts look entirely different than mine did at that time. Mm -hmm. Right? Very true. And I remember, you know, I would creep up my prices a little bit and a little bit every, you know, few months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember that my former colleagues would be like, you're charging what? Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's because they were at the same baseline that I was, right? Right. And I know that comparison is the thief of joy and me comparing myself to someone else is not actually helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and comparing my bank account to what my assumptions were about other people's bank accounts was also not helpful. It was holding me back from doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of guilt in my head about it. I felt really bad for making more money than my teacher friends who were honestly working harder than me. Like right. they were more exhausted. <laughs> and I felt bad that I was energized by my work. Isn't that terrible? I mean, it just is, though. It's like, it just is, you know, yeah. they are doing work that they are committed to, and that's their choice. And that's their choice. And that's the thing that it's I had to choice, remember. Yes. Right? Everyone is choosing. Like, if you have no ability, Candace, to make them change their mind about what their career is, you have right. no fucking responsibility whatsoever. And they're probably fine with it, but I right. still felt really guilty. Because my work left me feeling energized and the work I was doing previously made me feel drained and exhausted. And I was thinking that in order to make money, you have to feel drained and exhausted. Otherwise, you don't deserve it. Lies. Oh my gosh. Like saying that out loud. Everyone listening. How insane does that sound? Right. There's no glory in suffering. Not at all. For who? For what? For why? I know. No. And that's literally why I left my job is because I wanted more freedom, more choice, more opportunities. And then I still felt guilty when I got it. And I still held myself back for, I think, years, probably three years, Mm -hmm. just consistently comparing myself, feeling bad about making more money than people who I thought were working harder than me. Mm -hmm. And the working harder is literally just the idea that they were drained. Right. How terrible. Absolutely terrible and not fun or pleasurable. You know, I'm not going to use words like should or would or good or bad, but like that picture that you just painted, I don't know that I would enjoy being around a Candace like that. That yeah. just drained and exhausted. I want to be right. around like sexy in her power, energized as fuck, leading workshops around the country type of Candace. <laughs> like that's the Candace right. that I know and love. And it sounds like you love her too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love being that girl. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I felt really bad about being her because yeah. in my head it meant that I was leaving people behind mm-hmm. or I felt like people thought, 
who does she think she is or she doesn't deserve that Mm -hmm. or whatever. And the reality of it is that I'm making all that in my head, pretty much all of that up in my head. And it doesn't mean that everything is rainbows and roses every single day as an entrepreneur for me. Not at all. It's not. I just told a cat that I like cried two weeks ago because like everything is great and I have a wonderful business and I love it, but sometimes it's overwhelming and I know I need more help. Like I'm at the point where it's like, I need to hire the right people to support me. Um, So I cried because I was overwhelmed, but, (laughs) but that's not a terrible problem to have. Yeah. And you know, there's moments when, that comes up for me. But what doesn't come up anymore is like, I don't feel guilty. I've kind of switched the story in my mind and the story is more helpful to me. So sometimes you have to make up stories in your head Mm -hmm. to help you get through where you are. And the story I've decided to tell myself is that the more I allow myself to grow and step into who I want to be, the more I give permission for others to do the same. And that is like a more helpful story to tell myself Mm -hmm. like I'm energizing people and I think I said this in another podcast but I have it here I don't know if I showed you yet Kat but my friend gave me this it Uh says it's a little flag like a little banner to put in my office and it says be the girl who decided to effing go for it and she gave it to me because she said that I I was the girl that effing went for it Uh and I love that and so now I'm kind of just embracing that new story in my head Mm -hmm. that it's not about me feeling bad or guilty because I always want more and I always, you know, I'm going to continuously grow in that way. Mm -hmm. It's about me doing that consistently so that women feel like they can also do that and that they've seen someone do it that they know before and they feel empowered by that. You're making your work about more than just you and you're making it bigger than yourself. And that energizes me seeing you talk. You guys can't see Candace, but I can because we're recording. (laughs) And she's like, like really energized and like talking with her hands and excited about that. And that's really, really cool to see. The other thing that I think comes to mind when I'm thinking about asking for wanting more is if you're new to this space and maybe you're doing some contract work, Mm -hmm. um, maybe you have a job and you're doing contract work outside of your job and you're trying to set prices for your contract work. Ooh, that's a tough one because if you're comparing what you make at your W2 job to what you think like the cost of this contract work might be, you might be really off in the amount that you are charging. It is very normal and typical for contract work, if you're 1099 employee, like that to be actually more than you would make at your W2 job. Right. If you don't get those numbers right, you might feel like you're being either taken advantage of Mm -hmm. or not feel like you're in power in that situation. And you're always in power if you're the contracted person. Always. So I want you to start thinking about how you are setting your rates there as well, if that's where you are in your business right now. Mm -hmm. The guilt is not helping us. Comparing ourselves to other people is not helping us. But the thing that really did help me is consistently mindfully spending more time with people who were at the income level that I desired to be at. Mm -hmm. And those people keep changing. Let me tell you, Kat. Constantly. Because I'm consistently thinking like. Shedding those people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm here and this is great. And there's always like this new next thing that I realize is a possibility for me that I never would have realized is a possibility for me when I was, you know, making, I don't know, I think when I started teaching, I was making like $36,000 a year with my master's degree, y'all. With your master's. With my master's degree. 
One thing I did want to add to your advice for people who have a full-time job and are getting into contracted work, as someone who is a business owner, as someone who has worked in corporate, worked in startup, owned an agency, been a contractor and a consultant, the value you provide as a contractor, your 1099, I would take whatever your hourly is at your W-2 salary and double it because W-2 employees don't only cost the employer what their salary is on paper, but also the amount of carrying costs for insurance, for benefits, and all these other things. So whatever your W-2 salary, like hourly is, double that. And that's a great place to start as your contractor hourly. That's just word of advice for someone who started charging what her W-2 hourly was as a contractor. And ooh, I felt ooh, that resentment felt that it. hit me. Felt it. Yeah, just double when it. you had to pay your own taxes out of that? Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you weren't thinking about that? No, they don't teach that in school, but they should. Maybe we should start Clever Girl School. And that you are probably taking on some overhead that you might not be considering as well. Exactly. Oh, so many things. Mm-hmm. All right. So Kat, give us some of your tips about this. Like when you decided that you wanted to ask for more and as you continuously decide that you are going to ask for more, talk to us a little bit about some of your experiences with that. Yeah. So this one was, was interesting when we were brainstorming for this episode and and planning it out and the idea of like feeling guilty about wanting more, you know, Candace just shared a lot about how it was in business and with her rates and what she charged for me. I've also experienced that, but I've also found myself wanting more from the relationships in my life. I found myself really wanting to be intentional about who I was surrounding myself with and and how much time I was investing in them or spending with them. And, you know, I've moved around the country multiple times from California to Oregon to Florida, now to Washington, D.C. I've changed industries. I've changed companies from corporate to startup. And I've quote unquote, like left a lot of people who have, you know, who knew past versions of myself behind. And one thing that I've, I've realized too, especially with friends that I was friends with for years and years that I was starting to feel like resentful and guilty about feeling resentful because I was spending time talking to these people, texting these people that were my friends several years ago. And I felt like because we were friends for so long that I owed them. Mm -hmm. I was indebted to still be their friend. And, you know, that story in my head, which wasn't helpful, like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving them behind because that's what people would tell me. They're like, you're leaving us, Kat. No, you're Mm -hmm. leaving us behind. How are we ever going to see you? And I'm like, I don't know. Book a fucking ticket. Come see me. I mean, you can crash on my couch. I'll give you my bed. I'll give you the shirt off my back. But, you know, it's, it's just been this recurring theme. One thing that I realized, Candace, though, is it's been happening less and less. The mm-hmm. amount of people that told me that when I left my hometown in, in yes. the Bay Area to when I dropped out of nursing school in Oregon <laughs> to when I left Miami to, to move to D.C., less and less people are telling me that. I think because I'm becoming more and more intentional about who I'm surrounding myself with. Absolutely, because the people that you're surrounding yourself with now are excited to see that next opportunity for you. Yeah, because it's a different mindset because they're also moving. And that's really important being around people who have that momentum. Mm-hmm. Because game recognizes game, right? Ooh, game. We need to get merch with that. I like that. Right? 
that's it. I mean, and they understand that you moving isn't leaving them because they're also moving in their own direction. Mm -hmm. And being surrounded by a bunch of people who are doing shit and moving is only going to make you more powerful, more well-connected, more, Mm -hmm. I don't know, more everything really. Yeah. Because now the conversations are like conversations that I have with you, like, okay, when you told me you were going to move from Vegas to San Diego, I was like, all right, so that's a little bit farther than DC to Vegas, but let's look at flights. Let's think about when we can plan trips so that we can do another photo shoot together, have a girl's weekend. Mm -hmm. My immediate thought wasn't, you're moving farther away from me. My thought was, so how can we plan our next trip and when can it happen? Yeah. Like it's just, and it's such a more fun conversation to have. It is. Don't you want to be connected to people all over the country, all over the world and be like, oh, yeah, I do. I can go stay with Kat in D.C. Sure, no problem. Right. Because, look, as much as we are about growth and raising our rates and having fun, we also do love being very savvy and clever when it comes to our finances. And let me tell you, I don't mind spending money on airfare. I don't mind spending money on first class because I like to be comfortable However, if I can crash with a friend and stay with them and save on hotels and and Ubers like that, that's even better. It's a better deal. And I also get to spend more time with my friend in a really cool city, built-in tour guide, have all the fun that I want. And that's the type of relationship. And those are the types of conversations. And and like you said, momentum I want to have. And I've been now, you know, out of high school for what, 12 or 13 years? Oh gosh, whatever, baby. (laughs) And I am in touch with two people on a regular basis that I went to high school with. That number was a lot higher, you know, 10 years ago. And these two lovely ladies who, you know, I essentially grew up with, we talk probably once a month, once every few months. But when we have conversations, even though they happen less frequently, we get on the phone and it's like we had never stopped talking. Yeah. You don't skip a beat. No. And our lives are wildly different because both of them are still in our hometown, but they're still able to be happy for me and I'm able to be happy for them. Right. You know, so it's like, I didn't leave behind everyone, but the right people who are your people, regardless if their path looks similar to yours or different, they'll stick with you. They'll be happy for you. And you'll find a way to be able to be in touch with them that still serves you and them. It'll still be mutually beneficial and really enjoyable. So the last point today is wanting less for yourself helps no one. Mm, Zero. Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. Like who are you trying to make happy by holding yourself back? I was just talking to to my friend Giselle and she was like, I feel like you're dimming your light right now. (laughs) She (laughs) said that Yeah, she told me. I love that. Like about a particular situation that we're talking about. And I was like, damn, I think you're right. Like I was like (laughs) describing, you know, I was like explaining a situation to her and she's like, I Uh feel like you're dimming your light right now and you should never do that. And of course I made an excuse like why? Yeah. And she's like, "Mm -hmm. no, like don't make excuses. Permission revoked. Permission revoked. That's not going to fly with me. Uh And I was like, okay, you're right. And so trying to make myself less is not going to be helpful for anyone. Mm -mm. And being more of yourself is I think always the answer. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some exceptions, but no, absolutely not. This is why we needed to co-host because any of those moments where we start to creep back into our old habits and that guilt 
starts overshadowing. I mean, if more of yourself is like a serial killer, then maybe don't be more of yourself. I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, we don't want that. Of course you would say that with your true crime (laughs) proclivity. (laughs) We never go an episode without me swearing or Candace making a true crime reference (laughs) or me making a Marvel reference. I haven't done that in a while. Maybe we're gonna have to. Maybe we'll have to slide one in the next episode. Okay. We'll have to see. See how I tried to get out of this episode. Okay. So the thing is that, you know, being less or wanting less for yourself really doesn't help anyone else, no one in your community, not your friends, not your family. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with that, if you're like, I don't care, I don't want to be more, then this isn't the podcast for you. You can just like go ahead and find another one. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribe. But you're here right now, which probably means that you're into these things that often require more of you being So look, we know women who have more and attract more and make more can, with absolutely no surprise, have a greater impact on their own lives, personally and professionally, as well as the lives around them and in their community on and offline. It is truly an inspiring butterfly effect. And you have no idea how powerful it can be to just take that chance on yourself and be an example for someone who you might not even know is observing you. Like Candace, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I've had people come up to me when I've shared bits and pieces of like past stories or challenges that I've overcome difficult times in my life. And I had no idea that these people, these women had been through something similar as I did Mm -hmm. until I spoke up and said something and was more and owned it. And I talked about kind of a quote unquote taboo topic and then me doing that was like giving them permission to at least confidently come to me and say, thank you mm-hmm. for doing that. Yeah. It's a win-win, people. It's a win-win. The guilt is not helpful. We're not meant to be small. We're meant to be us, period. I love that, Cap. If you listen to today's episode of Not Nice Clever and you enjoyed it, Take a few minutes to leave us a review. It helps us a ton and we really appreciate it if you can send this episode to a friend who is feeling guilty about wanting more right now we would truly appreciate it thanks for being here and we'll see you next time thanks for joining us on not nice clever remember to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio and head to www.notniceclever.com to connect for more drop a question we'll shoot you an answer we're not gatekeepers here Signing off, you're not so nice, but oh so clever, besties that mean business. See you next week.